Thank you for listening to YRF, your Rural Frequency Podcast. I am your host, Evan Moore, and I am honored you're here with me and my guest. Please share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit. Uh, let's get the word out. and Leave a review of, of what you thought of the show, of course, or, or you can email me at evan at realfrequency.com. I love to uh, hear and communicate with my listeners. When it comes to fitness, we automatically think body. We work out in the gym, we run, um, we're conscientious of what we eat. And, and for a good portion of my listeners, an active lifestyle is just that, an innately healthy, conscious way of living. But while we're working out our bodies towards longevity, because let's face it, that's why we ultimately care for ourselves to that degree, ask yourself, are you really covering all the bases necessary to live a fulfilled and healthy life? In other words, are you working out all of the necessary parts and pieces of your human being to succeed? My guest today is all about fitness, but not so much the body kind and more the mind kind of fitness. He's all about exercising your brain to strengthen your mental toughness, develop motivation and habits of excellence so you can maximize your impact and influence as a leader. Again, it's a lifestyle. So uh, like hitting the gym consistently and with purpose, it's hard, maybe even harder. Negative self-talk, being your worst critic, uh, resisting positive change, which we all do. Many don't feel like we deserve any better are all inhibitors to a strong and healthy mindset. How unhealthy is yours? Colin Henderson is the leader and owner of Master Your Mindset based in Seattle. He travels the nation providing trainings to elevate all those who attend. He works with all types of people, uh, children, high schoolers, professional athletes, business executives, and their teams at Fortune 500 companies. Uh, he is the author of several books to include Master Your Mindset, A Guide to Win the Inner Game and Unlock the Power of Flow. Check out his podcast, Becoming Your Best. And of course, as always, prepare to get that mindset fit and enjoy my conversation with Colin Henderson. I don't know how you feel about doing in person or zoom i'm obviously you're such a personal guy and you connect with people is it hard for you to meet with people on here's the reality it is what it is so i'm i'm maximizing this man i'm telling myself i love virtual meetings good is that is that a my, mindset trick that i need to do well it's just like are, if, are you gonna be a victim or a victor it's a choice so you can't go back in time you can't change the, the new rules that we're under so if that's the case, I'm going to train my mind and train my, my belief and self-talk and say, wow, this is amazing. I get to stay at home with all my kids and my wife. Yeah. I don't have to travel. I'm not away. Um, and I can build some skills this next six months to a year. I'm going to build some elite skills and how to connect with people, how to listen, how to use body language, how to use voice and tone and just master this stuff. So yeah. when we're back to the real world, I'd love to meet live, but if you can't, let's smash a Zoom. Let's crush it. <laughs> let's just blow it up. No, I'm with you. Okay. Okay. That gives so me. So it's like, a it's, it's a choice. And really, so, I mean, and, and I'll be honest with you. Like I was nervous at first because my business was dialed in on live trainings, yeah. half day trainings, all day trainings, you know, flying, doing keynote speeches to organizations. 
you know, working with college teams on site, doing like a whole weekend with that team and, and the coaching staff. Yeah. You, so I was uh, like fortune 500 companies and the yeah. Dodgers. Um, you work with Russell Wilson's limitless program. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the, and they need you there to pe- keep people captivated. Right. Yeah. And so I was really nervous and, um, are we starting the podcast? So should yeah. we save some of these things? <laughs> I'm recording. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And I do have to, so my goal, I'm, I got to be transparent. I have to be in Seattle for an event at nine 30. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm being hired to help somebody launch a podcast. Ironically. Great. Yeah. Really? And they're, wow. they're hiring me to help them tell their, their story, which is interesting. Wow. That's uh, very interesting. So, yeah. We will, so like I'm, 8, I'm rec- 50, 855. So, okay. 855. No, I'm recording. And let me okay. just tell you a little bit of how I operate. Um, I'm very conversational. I know we talked about it a little bit on, on the mm-hmm. phone. Um, and uh, it's less of a Q and a is a more of a discussion and we can draw things out of each other and things happen organically. Um, Love it. They, you know, we digress sometimes, but the points I think you're so dialed in and I've watched you numerous times on your Instagram live feeds uh, and uh, some of your YouTube videos that, I mean, you've got this down to a science um, and I know you're learning constantly and that's part of the program. We can talk about that. Um, I do all my introductions for my, for my guest off mic. Yeah. I stole that from uh, uh armchair expert. We just listened to Dax and, and Brady. Yes, I did too. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. I love, I love basically, I mean, Tom Brady's like, dude, it's not, it's not talent. I mean, it yeah. does play role. It helps them six, five, but physically I don't, I'm not like the other quarterbacks. <laughs> I'm slow. I don't have the strongest arm, but I'm committed to the process of what I eat, how I train, how I stretch, how I lift, how I focus. But you know what? A common trait of the best performers, he's obsessed with football. Yeah. Yeah. Like he doesn't play for the money. No. Yeah. You know, so we can even, we can talk about so many things, but I know, I know, yeah. no, totally. No, that's, that's great. And, and that's what I want to hear from you. I know you have a lot of football experience in, in the Pac-12 and, uh, but, but more importantly, your, you know, how you get involved in this, I think, uh, and then your ethos of course, and, and, and why it's important. And I have some pointed questions for you because I work with clientele, um, that struggle sometimes with the mental game. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, they struggle a lot with the mental game. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me that, that I gain something from this too. <laughs> and I'm learning, yeah. not just, just no, my I, listeners. We are, we are students. We are both students. And that's what makes, I think, this fun is we are curious. Oh, and when you, when you break down, you know, how, do you, how do I find my strengths? How many times have you heard an expert or a speaker say, oh, just follow your passion and play to your strengths. It's just not that easy. So I think what I've uncovered in my journey, Evan, is what am I curious about? What am I obsessed with learning more about? What's a topic that as I research, as I read books, as I look at experts that I'm just never satisfied, I want to know more. That's a strength. And also, what is something that I do daily that I just, I, I feel energy and I, I feel joy. So I think being curious, I think, is probably the first step to unlocking your passion, to unlocking your power. And my journey is, I was so curious to understand why are people elite and why are people with the same ability IQ, talent, not elite. 
it just fascinated me because when I played football and baseball at Washington State University, you know, I, you leave high school and you dominate and you're around all these people from across the country. And some are big, some are small, some are normal, but some of these performers could just ball. And some people that on paper, they could squat all the weight, lift all the weight, you know, and sometimes in the drills they perform, but come team scrimmages or come like game time, they just couldn't put together. And it just fascinated me because I was that dude. I balled in practice, dog. Because that environment was safe and there was no one watching. And there were games when I just knew going onto that field, dude, I'm a nervous wreck. Like I'm not in the present moment. I'm worrying about not dropping that fumble or not dropping the pass. And I have some games where I balled, but I walked away from that experience just so curious what was wrong with me. What I learned later on is as human beings, we can train three areas. You can train your body, bigger, stronger, faster. You can train your skills, like me being a receiver in baseball, so catching, hitting, fielding. And the third area you can train is your mind. And watching film is not train your mind. Watching film, you are studying the, the other player. Or mindset training is you're studying yourself. Mm. And self-awareness is the mother of all mental skills. Often overlooked. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard because just like lifting weights, you have to get vulnerable. And there's some pain and there's some struggle. But it's uncomfortable. It's so uh, uncomfortable. Like asking for help is not normal. Um, when you admit, you know, wow, I'm so negative on myself or I'm really getting all my validation in outcomes. I'm getting all my self-love and self-worth on what I think other people think of me. And this is from Jay Shetty. He said it on a podcast one time, I think I heard. He may have quoted some author, but he says, you aren't who you think you are. You aren't who others think you are. You are what you think other people think you are. Oh, absolutely. And it's oftentimes not true. So I was a slave. And it oftentimes is super yeah. negative. Yes. Uh, in so my negative. case, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yep. that, why isn't it a positive outlook? Outlook, and and maybe there's a level of fear that there's narcissism uh, laden uh, with some um, self grandiose. Uh, mm-hmm. idea of yourself and, and and then you think well no no, no i can't go that way I, I i don't think people see me as this great person As a matter of fact it's quite the opposite but actually that's not even the case yeah. you might not be thinking about you at all it's true and i would say this being a narcissist and having imposter syndrome are brother and sister they're so mm. closely connected wow because when you're a narcissist you have to prove yourself And you have to show that, you know, I'm the best and you have to like, let people know how you accomplished, you know, if you're humble, you don't need that validation. So I really teach those four levels of being confident. There's confidence. There's four levels. There's four stages. Stage one, which I had a lot of my life was no confidence. Like you show up to that meeting, that test, that game, whatever it is, that speech, and you've already lost because you just don't believe in yourself. Level two is shaky confidence. Now, with shaky confidence, you need to see an outcome to be confident. You need to get a hit your first at bat. You need to open that speech or you need to, you know, just see something in front of you to believe. Level three is what I call stable confidence. You don't need to see an outcome. But after that performance, you need, you need to hear validation from someone from the outside. Like 
you did great or you're worthy of this or way to go or you're awesome, you know, and I, and I can say I've <laughs> suffered from all three. Now, what sure. we want to get, what we want to get, you know, with our mindset training and, you know, being the best version of ourself, being that authentic self, being that true self is what I call unshakable confidence. Yeah. When you have unshakable confidence, you don't need to see an outcome. You trust, you have that inner trust that even though I don't see it right now, I know the power of yet. And I know that if I trust my, my training and if I'm myself in that moment, I can find a way. The greatest resource is resourcefulness. And then level three, which is shaky, is I don't, I don't need validation. I know my core values. I know what I stand for. I know what's important to me. And I don't need a like or a, a refollow or a retweet or how many views or someone to you know, praise that performance. And if you get to unshakable confidence, and this is why I say I, you need to know your truths. To show up in that arena and not worry about critics. Because here's the reality. No one has built a statue for critics. No one. <laughs> We build statues for people who fail, who fail and get back up and who are courageous and who are brave. And usually if you have a statue, you didn't please everyone. You were out getting it done and you're serving a a, a being or you were serving a mission larger than yourself. So what I want to popular. Yeah, exactly. So what I want to challenge the listeners today is can you uncover your truths? Pick three words that are important to you. And three, I guess, in that moment, you would assess, you know, did I show up that way? Did I trust myself? Did I allow myself to be me? And my three truths that I want to show up as a father, as a husband, as an author, as a speaker, as a mentor, as a friend, is I want to be authentic. I'm I'm going to be present. I'm going to be courageous. So I'm not judging um, how many listens on that, on that episode or, you know, did the, the CEO or the sales trainer, you know, say, Colin, you crushed it in that half day training. Was I authentic? Did I allow myself to be myself? Most people don't. Most people are living a life so exhausted because they're trying to be somebody else and they haven't, they haven't done the work to say, okay, what do I stand for? And being authentic means you're making your mess, your message. Hmm. you're making your mess your message and you're not beating yourself up and living in shame living the past and then being present is training your mind to give all of your focus and attention and just saturate the moment and just absorb the moment and fully experience the moment because shame lives in the past fear lives in the future peak performance the best version of you is in the present moment being in a flow state is in the present moment that's why i love to train mindfulness because mindfulness training is just sitting back and observing your thoughts and recognizing your thoughts and then gently coming back to the present moments right. with either breath or a mantra or sound or something you're looking at or going on a walk. I mean, you can do mindfulness at any time. Thich Nhat Hanh, yes. Deepak Chopra, he, they're mm-hmm. always talking about if you're a millisecond living in the past or a millisecond thinking about the future, you're not in the present. And it's time to get back to the present. What is it that brings you to the present? And there's a couple things that I do physically that just get me in the flow state and get me to not think about anything else. And it just kind of happens. It sounds like it's like, okay, I'm getting in the present now. And then all of a sudden I'm in the present. It's not how it works for me. No, I would say, you know, mindfulness is um, the act of being present without judgment. It's the act of self-awareness. 
to basically kind of the art and science of being present without judgment. So you're just not judging. I think we kind of often judge ourselves. Oh, I'm not present. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, I'm, I'm replaying that mistake. What's wrong with me? No, just it's taking a step back and just stop critiquing, stop micromanaging, stop pre-living and stop reliving and just allow yourself to be. We, a lot of us, like me, I used to get my validation from, from doing, but it's like shifting your perspective, have everything flow from just being yourself. Mm. Just so when I look at the word clutch, clutch means doing what you would normally do when it matters most, what you normally can do. So you don't have to rise above and do this crazy performance. Just trust your preparation, be yourself, be present. And when you look at the word flow, a key uh, trait of flow is the activity is the reward, not the outcome. I think a lot of people suffer from this phrasing, the pursuit of happiness. That's backwards. The pursuit is happiness. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I think, you know, and then and, and, and courageous is just, you know, if you're not nervous, then you're not, you're not growing. There was a, and, and not to harp on the Tom Brady interview too much, but um, there's something that he said that really stuck with me about being your best, not the best. And he said that three times. He's like, I want my kids to be your best, not the best. And then he broke it down. And that's, I mean, that, that parallels to, to what you're talking about here is that, listen, if I'm just doing my best, there's always going to be someone that's going to best me. Always. I've got, mm -hmm. there's better podcasters out there. There's better people that do what I do. There's more educated people that I do. I'm um, a doctoral candidate in education leadership. That doesn't make me the best. It's making me my best <laughs> in doing what I'm doing so um, I can help others be their best, not the best. That's a great point. And uh, I just look at when you live your life, are you sizing up other people, what they're doing, how their achievements, or are you looking at, hey, I want to max my full gifts. I want to maximize all I have. And, um, and if I'm speaking to a sports team, I'll say they – play to beat us we play to be us mm. so you need their best to bring out your best so you want the, the best competition you want them at their a game because that's going to pull out the best in you and you're not competing against them this is from plato he says the first and greatest victory is over self so it's just did i show up did i trust myself did i go to the edge of my of my skill set and just push myself to be courageous to to, to, to showcase, you know, I'm, I'm brave and that's awesome. And I'm not fully, you know, um, maybe, uh, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to show up anyway and see what happens. I'm going to compete. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be a great teammate. And then in business and sales, sales is basically like sports is there's no difference. You have an outcome goal, you have metrics and teammates and the manager. So s selling too is the phrasing I like to teach people is to focus on the root, not the fruit. Mm. Mm. So many people get seduced by the fruit. Um, how many followers I have, um, a, a number, you know, money, um, cars or a house. And that fulfillment is fleeting. Ultimate fulfillment is in growth. Ultimate fulfillment is in the journey. And if you can focus on the root, tend to your land, comparison is the thief of joy. If you can tend to your land, plow your field, love the process, love the journey, uh, find um, areas of your life or your role that you're obsessed with, that you're curious about, double down on your strengths, just love that process of growth and learning and 
you know, being around people that you love. Uh, somebody told me this recently is that, you know, find something that you love, find a way to get paid doing it and doing with people that you love. Mm-hmm. If you can do those three, man, that is some serious working on the, uh, on, on, on the route right there. Yeah. And a key aspect of this listeners, I would challenge you is to do an inventory of who you surround yourself with. That's big. <laughs> if, if, if you're, you know, if you're around five confident people, you will be the, the six. If you're around five idiots, you'll be the sixth. So show me your friends. I'll show you your habits. Show me your habits. I'll show you your future. And when did my journey start? My journey started when I was anxious. I was depressed. My BP was like in the high 140s. Um, doing therapy, doing all the stuff I needed to do, but I just wasn't seeing change. But uh, a mentor gave me a book called Positive Intelligence by Shirzat Shermin. And before that point, I was surrounding myself with Netflix, with sports, and my escape was not drugs and alcohol. Evan, it was going to watch movies at the theater because I could escape from reality for two to three hours. Or some days I'd go back to back movies in the middle of the day where I should have been working, but I was too depressed to go work. I just drown myself in watching movies and just to escape reality. But what this book taught me is, holy crap, 80% of human thoughts are negative. The brain is designed to survive, not thrive. Four to five human thoughts, untrained mind. If it's just like, you know, you go to the gym and you don't train your body, it's going to get soft. You're going to be out of shape. So if you fill your brain with, with garbage and you just let it does what it's designed to do, it's d- designed to survey the environment, look at threats, danger, hold on to past failure, shame to, to keep you protected. But it's, you're not staying protected. It's actually hurting you. If we can condition our mind that those negative thoughts, I call ants, automatic negative thoughts, that's really not the real you. Your brain is designed to survive. So that book taught me, holy crap, I'm not my thoughts. That's my ancient brain. That's my internal judge, Judy, this critic. So just that recognition, when you recognize those thoughts, just having the mental skill, we talked about self-awareness, just recognizing that thought is not probably real. So your first thought will be negative, most likely, but your second, third, and fourth thought doesn't have to be. Hmm. So I took this one mental skill of recognizing your saboteurs and your internal critic, change companies, and I love this concept. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, yes. So when I got the one mental skill from reading one book, so you know, looking at how much time do we spend on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and Netflix, and just one book. Imagine if I read two books a month, you know? So in my company, I'm going through sales training and my sales trainer really was masking as a mindset coach. He was like number one rep every year in his past and he's teaching how to sell catheters to surgeons and hospitals. So that's what my past life before doing my my own company. Yeah, medical sales, right? Medical sales, yeah. So he was like, Colin, I want you to think about this concept. Thoughts become things. Even though you're not your thoughts, but what you focus on, you will find. You become what you think about the most. Mm. So here is a list of, 25 books on selling and business. Well, here's another list of books on the power of the mind. Mm. And I was so blessed in that moment of like, I'm ready to change. Cause up until that point, I was like 40% of my skill set. Like I was underperforming. I, I felt like I was trapped in a cage so and, and, potential. and, and part of my, my story, Evan is I used to stutter. I still 
think about not stuttering every single day because I've had to completely rewire my brain. Uh, sixth grade, switched schools, got stuck on a word in front of my, my classmates, schoolmates. Everybody started laughing and that warm blanket of shame came over me. And, and my whole goal was to not stutter, but this concept, what you resist persists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By trying not to stutter, I would just- Why do we sabotage like that? Yeah, more stuttering. And then, you know, and that's the thing, when you're about to perform or, or step into uh, the arena of any kind, is your focus to not screw up or to yeah. not happen? Yes. So, so everything happens twice in our life, first in our mind, then in real life. So yeah. the brain thinks in pictures, not words, but the words we say influence the pictures that we see. And these pictures create neural pathways and it, it controls our subconscious mind, which is our body. So by saying, don't screw up, you screw up. So I would just had this negative cycle and then trying to please people. So I was a stuttering. There was times I couldn't say call and there were times I couldn't answer the phone. There was times I couldn't go through a drive-thru and order food. Um, Even being married, ordering pizza, my wife had to order food for us. I couldn't do it. You know, so uh, I can give you a bazillion stories on how fluency was like a huge uh, challenge for me. Um, but what I learned is just kind of hit like a low point. I was like 27 years old, 28 years old. And I, I asked for help. You know, I was like, I'm so embarrassed about this. I want to, I used to hide it. I used to hide stuttering. I used to hide there. Were, you know, I was decent one-on-one, but put a, a camera in front of me, put a mic in front of me. I literally sure. couldn't speak. Sure. Like I would have, so fear is a physical response to a mental threat. Mm. So you shut These down? Weeks, yeah, knees weak, arms are heavy, vomit on a sweater, already mom spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, I've been that way. Yeah, you just so, step on so, stage in front of 300 yeah. people, and I'm like, and this is 300. You've done thousands of people, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and Evan, my my biggest fear in life was having to introduce myself in a small group. Isn't that funny? And, that, and yourself is the person you know the most. Like, uh, Yeah, because I, I couldn't hide. I had to say my name, number one. No. So so the uh, C sound was hard for me, or I tricked myself saying I, I can't say C's. Yeah. And then I had to introduce what my role is yeah. and who my manager was or what, you know, I'm working for this. I mean, I had to, I couldn't hide. Yeah. So I literally would have a panic attack. But sometimes I would just leave the room and, and not even do it or do some weird thing to get people's attention away from having to say who I was or, Oh, you put only one L in, in calling. There should be two. I would just think of ways to, I could revert my mind away from having to say so. But, uh, I did therapy. I did speech therapy and then I did Toastmasters for three years. Ah, uh, yes. Been a part of that program for sure. But I still would have setbacks along the way. But when I met Frankie Pretzel, that was the guy's name who trained me, my yeah. mindset coach. It's a great name. Um, it's his real name, Frankie Pretzel. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And and he gave me this list of books. And when I'd ride with him, you know, we'd go see accounts, like he would play, you know, CDs on like the power of the mind. Like he would have these programs that we would listen to. So he was All conditioning his mind. So where the old me would listen to music, the old me would be calling people on the phone. So after that week with him, he gave me this list of like 30 books. So I would be always listening to a book in the car while I was driving, managing five states. I had a book I'd be reading when I got home. So within five months, I read all those books. Wow. And um, I was healthier. I was so much more confident. I had so much more grace for myself. And I was just way more aware of how I speak to myself and how that influenced everything. I call this the thought cascade. Your thoughts influence your feelings, your emotions, and your biochemistry and the actions that, that you take. So just by 
having a checkup from the neck up and being aware of how you speak to yourself and, and developing what we call an advertising campaign for yourself with affirmations, with um, going back, when have I had success before? How am I credible with those affirmations? How am I putting in the work to earn the right to be confident in, in this moment? And then visualizing what I want, not what I don't want. I've never seen a pessimist change the world. I've never seen a pessimist lead others and find success. If you can train your mind to be optimistic, not, not fake positive, but saying, I can learn from this. I can do difficult things. Mm. And let me ask you, Evan, listeners, I'll just throw a question to you. Where do you think the number one source of confidence comes from, backed by science? Mine comes from others, and I relied on that far too heavily. The BBC lab in the UK, Dr. Andrew Lane, looked at 44,000 people with the intent of this trial uncovering the source of confidence. Oh. And they wow. found the number one, 40, that's a robust trial. That's huge. Yeah. 44,000 people, they found the number one source that influenced confidence was self-talk. Mm. So, but I've kind of Powerful. adapted the model where I really have, four, no, I did the four levels of confidence. I'm going to teach you four ways to cultivate confidence. Please. This is, this is very valuable for my listeners too, particularly my clients. I'm, I, I have a lot of clients across the nation and, and they're young, 17, 18 years old, 19, 20. And I think that, um, that there isn't a lot of self-talk. They're not understanding of self-awareness. It's all about extrinsic feedback and where others, uh, how others perceive them and their self-talk is just mirroring what other people are saying about them. So this is, this is big. And if you if you are really into taking this like a, a mental workout, like you would go to the gym and, and train your body, this is we're going to the mind gym. Don't just exercise; you got to exercise. So if you want to, if you're real with this, take out a piece of paper. We're going to draw a box, and we're going to make four four boxes basically. So you draw a box, you draw a line down the middle, up uh, from top to bottom, and a line from from left to right. Okay. So you have basically four quadrants, and we're going to start on the upper left. That's where everything is going to start on the upper left. Um, so the first step is to have positive self-talk or productive self-talk. It doesn't have to be, or it could be neutral self-talk. So, uh, energy flows where focus goes. Most people talk themselves out of something. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cause, cause most human thoughts are negative. So if you have a, a self-talk game plan where you focus on, okay, what are some affirmations? What are some anchor statements? Think about an anchor on a boat. It's, it's going to keep that boat anchored to shore when there's wind, when there's waves. And when you have the, the self-talk that's you know productive, um, you're blocking out thoughts that are negative. We can only focus on one thought at a time. This is called thought replacement. So just by having a self-talk game plan, we're blocking out negative thinking. And I here's the thing. There's basically, follow this whole sequence here. Bad thoughts are bad. Good thoughts are good. But no thought is most optimal. Hmm. no thought is in the zone flow, but we can't get to no thought, quiet mind, peaceful flow. If we're being negative, we can't skip positive to, to, to flow. Absolutely. So having productive self-talk is going to give you a chance to get to flow. You can't guarantee flow, but I want to set you set yourself up. And the reason why just putting the reps in and doing the work is not enough because my junior year at, at, at Washington university that whole off season, I had, a, I had a commitment to myself. I was like, I'm going to train like a savage. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lift 
weights like no one's, I'm going to catch a hundred balls a day. And I had a good spring, a good fall camp, but you know, two hours before our first game against Idaho on Thursday night on national television, I had, had a panic attack mm. and I dropped two passes that game. Mm. And it wasn't, I didn't work hard. I overworked that same season, I would stay after practice and run routes for a half hour. And our head coach at the time, Mike Price said, stop doing that. You're getting slower. Because mm. I wanted it so bad, I would put so much work in, but I didn't have grace. I didn't have compassion. I didn't love myself. You weren't kind. The most important conversation you have each, each day is with yourself. Like, who's your best friend? Close your eyes, listeners. Who's your best friend? Who is that person right now in your life? Would you still be best friends with them? if they spoke to you the same way that you speak to yourself. Cause I guarantee someone that you love, if they made a mistake, you wouldn't go up to them and say, you suck. <laughs> you don't belong here. What's wrong with you? You idiot. So, yeah. So why would you speak <laughs> that way to yourself? Why would you talk to yourself that way? So just clean up yourself, talk and have a self-talk game plan. Um, I just finished a book by uh, uh, David Goggins. Former former Navy SEAL, he used to have the record for most pull-ups in a day. He'd run like ultra marathons. And oh, the I phrasing, know. Yes, yes, yes. The phrasing we, that they, they say is, you know, don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. Hmm. But he calls it his cookie jar, his self-talk cookie jar. Hmm. That he goes to that place. I have overcame hard things. I've done amazing stuff in my life. I've earned the right to be confident in this moment. And he's just saying these things on a loop. The greatest Olympian of all time, Michael Phelps. Every time he walks through a doorway, he gives himself an affirmation. Wow. I'm, I'm a champion. I'm built for this. I put in the work. I can do challenging things. I got hella endorsements. Let's go, Rich. No, just kidding. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> no, so, so number one, let's just do some simple takeaways. So what I want listeners to do is write down when have you had success before? When have you overcame challenging things? Think about some habits that you're doing to earn the right to be confident, to get prepared in that moment. And, and write down three anchor statements. So when I'm about to present, I say, I am authentic, I am present, I am courageous. I am authentic, I am present, I'm courageous. So uh, I think 97% of our behaviors are controlled by our subconscious mind. So if we can override this negative wiring pattern and be proactive with positive self-talk, that's step one. Talk your way into it. And then step two, as we're working along this, this, uh, this quadrant here, mm-hmm. it starts how you speak to yourself. And then number two is action. So, Evan, what you explained with you know, speaking in front of your class and getting those reps in, that's part of the equation. That's a huge part. Mm-hmm. But to really amplify your, your internal belief and to influence confidence, clean up your self-talk. The, the story I tell is you know, there are two wolves in our mind. You have a negative wolf and a positive wolf mm. fighting every day. Who wins? The one that you feed. So choose how you speak to yourself. And then when you get into number two is just have a bias for action. Mm. Repetition is the mother of mastery. Uh-huh. Humble yourself. Humble yourself to not be good at first. It's the start that stops most people. Yeah. So many people, they judge they're beginning to someone's middle or to someone they've been doing for 10 years. So oh, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not going to do it. What I've learned that the best performers do, they take massive action and they, then they do it anyway. Get your reps in. 
So listeners, do you wake up each day and you avoid stuff all day? Do you avoid that fear? Or do you wake up, I'm going after something. And I don't care if I don't do it right the first time. And I want you to master this phrase, quantity over quality, especially early on. And the more you do it, you can kind of shift the, that scale to more quality. But let's just get reps. When I started our podcast two and a half years ago with my boy T-Money, I said, Tanner, don't even look at listens until we get 100. Don't even look. I don't want to know because I want to get those reps. I want to get the reps. Yeah. And, and even if, if you're starting a, a new endeavor, a new side hustle or whatever, and maybe you're bummed because you're not getting paid, you are getting paid because you're getting reps. Right. You're getting paid with your confidence, with your experience. So here are two things. Again, I like to keep all my stuff tangible. So I want to challenge listener to do is what are your MITs each day? Most important tasks. I want you to pick three that you're going to execute these three. And then that first one I want it to be, this is what Brian, Brian Tracy calls eat the frog. Do the hard thing first. Mm-hmm. So Great pick book. three things you're going to do every day, regardless of how you feel. And that's the difference with what, what average performers think. They think these top performers, they always feel motivated. That's a lie. Act different than how you feel. Act your way into the feeling. Courage before confidence. Connection, mm-hmm. not perfection. The perfect way to fail a goal is to try to do it perfectly. <laughs> It's progress, not perfection. So get your yeah. MITs in every day. And then self-reflect, Evan, what are your EPAs? Energy pulling activities. We're going back to self-awareness. What are things that pull your attention, pull your focus? Could be Twitter. It could be certain people in your life. It could be email. It could be holding on to past mistakes. Just having that recognition. I'm not going to let that beat me today. Mm. Let's go. Now, let's go. We're working down to the third quadrant, which is which is feedback. Every outcome is neutral. Most people attach a story to that outcome that's positive or negative. If you can train your mind to say, all this is is feedback, and I can learn from it, I can grow from it, that's a powerful state. This is called having a growth mindset. Shout out to Carol Dweck out of Stanford. People who have a fixed mindset, they're defined by the outcome. They don't want to challenge themselves. They're afraid of feedback because it might hurt their, their ego. If you can say, I'm going to have take massive action and, and uh, I'm not worried about failure because it's feedback. I'm going to grow and fail stands for a first attempt in learning. Is failure a devastation or an education? Make it an education and just take some notes. I never lose. I either win or I learn. So look at every rep as a chance just to build your bank of feedback to improve and grow. So my old model was self-talk, action, results. And as I've learned in my experience, I don't need the results to dictate whether I'm doing it right or not. It's just feedback because I would dictate all my worth and my um, self-esteem on that result. Process over outcome. Process over outcome. The journey is the reward, not the outcome. The pursuit is happiness. So all this action we're taking, you're just getting feedback and you're learning and you're growing and you're building strength, you're building confidence, and hopefully you're finding a lane where you're serving and helping people and being vulnerable and modeling that, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up even though I'm nervous, even though I'm not perfect. And then step four, the last quadrant is trust, is to have that optimistic belief in the power of yet and 
Think about how do you trust other people in your life, Evan? Yeah, I, um, I'm generally there. I trust first and, um, I, it's, it's a sense of, um, authenticity and their own self-confidence and how they are portraying themselves to me. Um, I generally trust, um, you know, I, even if, I don't know, even if they're, they've done mistrustful things, I, feel like people are inherently good i hope they are yeah <laughs> that's kind of where true. i'm at please well, tell well, me though well, 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 well most people how how they trust people is they do what they say they're going to do well, sure yeah okay their, of course yeah. Their, their word is their word their word is their honor you trust if you say you're going to be here at three o'clock you're going to be here at three o'clock yeah if you say you're going to help with this project you're going to do it I'm, and then you back it up so therefore you built this you know experience i, I trust you well how do we trust ourselves? We do what we say we're going to do. Sure. Yeah. And confidence is not, I know I'll have success. Confidence is, is I can figure it out. I can adapt and learn. And, and a part of establishing trust in yourself is training your mind to do difficult things. Comfort zones and growth cannot coexist. So you, you trust yourself because you put yourself in environments where it is challenging and 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 you get comfortable being uncomfortable and you know hey the greatest resource is resourcefulness i'm resourceful i trust that i can figure it out it might not be perfect it might not have everything exactly how i how i plan or how i perceived it but i can adapt and grow i can listen i can have you know i can be present and and learn from this and I trust in myself. Optimism is a powerful mental skill. When you're optimistic, it boosts your immune system. When you're optimistic, Duke did some research where the optimists, they make more money, they're happier, their, their jobs are better. So let's just choose to have elite self-talk. And success. My, let's, some of my clients that are the most yeah. success are the most positive. Some yeah. of the ones I'm most fearful for are those that are apathetic and just don't have the drive. And, and a lot of people mistake apathy with laziness or don't care. It's actually the opposite, I believe. And from my, my experience is they just um, are paralyzed by all of doing the opposite of square one, square two, and square three. And, and, and we'll then, never and then, get to square four because yeah, I, I, I see, I see why trust is the fourth because you can't just jump from one to four or just convince yourself to trust or convince yourself that you're right. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So how do we trust? So do something that scares you every single day. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there are three zones we live in comfort, stretch and panic zone. Don't live in comfort. Don't live in panic. What's something that we can just stretch a little bit every day. And you do that for a week, a month, six months, a year. You look back from a year and like, oh my gosh, I've grown so much. Mm. It's the start that stops. This is called The Slight Edge. Great book by Jeff Olson. A little, a lot, not a lot, a little. A little, a lot. A little, a lot, not a lot, a little. Just a little, these little habits we're going to do every day. And I think you're going to find huge change. And, but again, if there's one thing you take away from today, you're not that critic brain. Your brain is hardwired to sabotage you. Just recognizing those thoughts and having a game plan 
And most people, they replay their failures and mistakes and these sh- their shameful past. Well, guess what? We, we've all struggled. We've all failed. No one's perfect. So having empathy for yourself. The, the number one thing that changed my whole journey about stuttering was I had to have compassion for myself and say, you know, when I answer the phone at work, I might stutter and that's okay. And you kind of uh, mentioned this earlier, Evan, is that here's a simple fact. People are not obsessing over you. They're obsessing <laughs> yeah. over themselves. It's like in baseball, like when you're at the plate, the hitter's thinking everyone's looking at me. Well, the pitcher's thinking everyone's looking at me. The umpire's thinking everyone's judging how I'm calling balls and strikes. Yeah. The coach is thinking how they're judging how I'm calling the game, who I'm starting. The scout in the stand is saying, you know, my ownership is judging how I'm like, – everyone thinks they're obsessing over you. The reality is, bro, you're not that important. So right. if you can just take a step back and recognize that it's not about you, just be authentic, be present, show courage and see what happens. Love that. That is, that is so valuable. I've come a long way since learning that. And it made me realize like, I'm just another one trying to, trying to get it done. And, uh, and, and I can make mistakes and it won't seriously adversely affect me in many ways because other people are making mistakes and they're too worried about their own lives. This is a quote from Megan Rapinoe, soccer, U.S. soccer legend. She says, your opponent is more nervous than you. <laughs> that's big. So your next, and then that's why when I was, my old fear of being around the round table and having to, hey, Colin Henderson, you know, Bard Medical or GSK Medical or whatever, like everyone's worried how they're going to sound. They're not even listening to me. You know, right. They're worried so, about when their yeah. time is coming yes. and, and yes. getting more yes. nervous. And this guy's talking, yes. and this girl's talking and then, yeah, uh, don't even or hear what this guy said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think just, just stepping into that moment uh, and this is what I call the powerful paradox. If you were to draw an X and a Y axis, it's these two opposites coming together. Care, don't care. You care about people. You, you love your craft. You, have, you love yourself. You love growth. But don't care is you don't care about things that you can't control. You don't care about being perfect. You don't care about you know, these things that you know, many people major in like minor things that don't matter. So this, it takes so much work to not give a shit in a productive way. Not a negative way. It's not being passive. It's not apathy. But to step, I think the best comment I ever got on stage was one of my old colleagues. He said, Colin, man, you just, you seem like you just don't care what people think up there. And it's like, I wish I had that. I was like, bro, you don't even know. You don't even know how much work. And I actually do care, but, you know, I'm just choosing to be vulnerable up there and courageous and just be myself. Like, it, it's, it's hard. It's, so, it's hard, but it's worth it. That work is so worth it. Oh, and so many people gain from it. Colin, you're doing some incredible stuff and, and really breakthrough things uh, with so many organizations. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing for my, my listeners, who I hope become your listeners, and that uh, then they can be stronger because of it. That, that's important to me. I know you have to go at, um, in two minutes. So I want to make sure that, uh, talk about your books real quick and then podcast, please. Yeah. If you guys want to get some more mindset training, uh, for free, the podcast is called master your mindset. The first hundred episodes are five to seven, eight minute lessons, just quick hits, you know, um, every morning or every after you work out. 
Yeah, after you work out, you know, you went to the gym physically, mm-hmm. you go to the gym mentally. And then the next hundred, uh, I sit down with the best leaders that teach the mental game. So we've done like, I think 11 or 12, I sit down with them. So mm-hmm. um, all my books are, are on Amazon. So just type in my name, uh, Colin Two L's. Um, so there's a lot of stuff for life. I have five books that are available for you. Um, so it's like, I have five kids. I love all of them. I don't have a favorite book. I love all of them. So, um, <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you can try them out, but, uh, Evan, I'm, I'm grateful for you, man. I can feel your heart, your spirit. I mean, you're doing amazing things just to have this conversation. This is the first of many. Again, show me your friends. I will show your habits yeah. and your habits will show your future. So bro, you, you and I are homies. So I can't wait yeah, to, buddy. to definitely stay, stay involved. No, that means a lot to me. That means a lot to me, Kellen. Thank you so much. I, I, I am indebted to you, brother. We're better for it, my man. So let's get out there and master your mindset. Anyone that wants to get a hold of Colin can reach him at thecolinhenderson.com. That's Colin with two L's. And thanks again to the movement for the use of the song Rescue. Find them on Instagram and Facebook at themovementvibe.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.